Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the James Wilson Show. My name is James Wilson and today we will be talking about Bernie Sanders' endorsement for Joe Biden. We'll also be getting to Joe Biden's relationship with China and of course we'll examine the World Health Organization and why Trump was right to delay its funding. Alright, so today before we get into the main content of the week, just a couple of quick updates and announcements about the podcast. So I'm excited to announce today that there will be a new website coming soon. So I will not publish the domain yet. The website is of course not published at this point. I will be keeping you updated, but a lot of cool features involved with that Working on the website right now, got a lot of more content and new features I'm excited to announce. So while it's not ready yet, I just want you to make um, yourself aware that that is coming and that will be a new available resource in a short amount of time. Additionally with that, I also have a new YouTube channel where if you are not able to get the whole show or listen to the whole show or not listen to it at all because you're busy, The YouTube channel has shortened clips of main topics I talk about on the show. You can listen to them there. While it doesn't cover everything I talk about in the show, it's two to five minute clips about some of the main things I talk about and some of the main reasons, opinions, and facts behind what I am saying. So with the website again, there'll be a lot of new features. I will be writing articles at least once a week about different content in the news and political subjects. We'll also have a mailbag feature where you can contact me through the website about questions you have for a chance to get featured on the podcast show and have your question answered by me. So that is all content and features that will be coming shortly to a website. Again, I'll be keeping you more updated on the details, but just so you're aware of that, that's why I brought it up. Okay, so the first main piece of news today is as we talked about last episode, Bernie Sanders did drop out, leaving Joe Biden as the presumptive nominee. Now, there was some talk that Sanders was going to try and wait for the convention, see if he could do any better, but at this point, Bernie Sanders did endorse Joe Biden for president to try and defeat President Donald Trump. Obviously, we've talked about this before. I'm actually writing an article for the website right now, about why Joe Biden's chances against Donald Trump are so unlikely, but the Daily Wire reports, quote, we have to make Trump a one-term president and we need you in the White House, Sanders said. I will do all that I can to see that what see that, that happens, Joe. I want to thank you for that, Joe Biden responded. It's a big deal. Your endorsement means a great deal, a great deal to me. As you say, not me us. That's your phrase, pal, Biden added, and your supporters and I are going to make that same commitment. You've been the most powerful voice for a more fair and just America, Biden finally complimented the Vermont socialist. Quote, you don't get much credit, Bernie, for being the voice that asks us to tackle a hard look in the mirror and ask, what have we done? Have we done enough? Sanders responded that it's no great secret that the pair do not see eye to eye on a majority of policy issues, but that the two are working together to create six joint policy working groups on the economy, education, criminal justice reform, immigration, climate change, and the economy. 
It's no secret, Joe, that you and I have our differences, and we are not going to paper them over. That's real, Sanders says, but I hope that these task force will come together, utilizing the best minds and people in your campaign and in my campaign to work out real solutions to this very, very important problem. Now, if Joe Biden really thinks that Bernie Sanders' endorsement is going to help him very much, he's got another thing coming. So you've got many Democrats, even some conservatives, suggesting that we are at the era 2020, this is the end of the GOP, the grand old party, conservatives, and that they'll likely split off. However, I would actually be thinking more to the fact on the Democrat side, as you see that more moderate lane that Biden is taking. And again, we talked about this on the show. The only reason Joe Biden is viewed as a moderate at this point is because he was up against Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Even some of the more quote-unquote moderate candidates such as Amy Klobuchar, Julian Castro, Beto O'Rourke, Pete Buttigieg, all those candidates were even farther left and closer to Bernie Sanders than Joe Biden. So while they're all incredibly radical and running as far left as they possibly can on so many issues, we just talked about how Joe Biden once enhanced climate reform and, you know, supported the Green New Deal, you know, all these different topics that make him a radical figure in politics. But again, most of us, including myself, will refer to him as the more moderate choice, as that's where the Democratic Party is at this point. In no way is he a moderate candidate, but compared to Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and some of those other candidates, he is considered to be the far the, the closest to the middle out of all of them. So for all those who suggest that the GOP is going down, that it's not going to last much longer, I would actually say the same thing more about the Democratic Party. The grand old party, the GOP, is in a really good spot right now as Donald Trump has a very supportive base, incumbent president running in 2020 again, off some very good statistics, unemployment rates, obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic, so that's a little different right now, but running off some really good numbers going into the 2020 election. So, But the Democratic Party has a more moderate lane and a more socialist lane at that point, Biden being the head of the moderate lane and Bernie being the head of the socialist lane. So by Bernie Sanders simply endorsing Joe Biden is not going to do enough for Joe Biden. Now, is a Bernie Sanders endorsement somewhat necessary? In some ways it is, just as Barack Obama's endorsement won't do a ton for Joe Biden, but at least there won't be raised concerns about Biden and whether Obama actually would support Biden. And that's the same with Bernie Sanders. Whether or not Bernie Sanders' endorsement will make a difference, that doesn't matter as much. If Bernie Sanders does not endorse Joe Biden, however, you will get the many Democrats, many Democratic socialists will get the feel that Bernie Sanders did not like Joe Biden and wants a separate alternative. So to try and unite the party, it was a interesting move by Bernie Sanders to endorse Joe Biden. There weren't very many more options, but just the endorsement itself is really not going to do a lot for Joe Biden. You're already seeing socialists come out saying there's no way I'm supporting Biden, which again just takes you gives you another look at what the Democratic Party has become. If part some Democrats won't support him because his ideology is not radical enough, when Joe Biden is a ran- radical candidate already, Bernie Sanders being incredibly radical. So that's interesting to see the movement of the Democratic Party. This will be really interesting going into the 2020 election and something that will play a key factor in in Donald Trump winning four more years. And as you think about it, 
the more um the more partisan not not partisan's the wrong word but the more divided the party is the much harder time you're able to get a democratic candidate to get all the democratic votes so if you look at hillary clinton in 2016 she did not attract enough votes she had the votes but many people weren't enthusiastic about her or didn't like her to the point where they actually voted for her and you're going to see that same problem with joe biden and many other registered Democrats or independents who are more radical, um, not the more moderate ones, but the more radical ones, who are not going to go for Joe Biden. So you've got lack of enthusiasm on ba- Biden's por- part. And then you've also got the fact that many people don't like him because he's not radical enough. So that is the perfect storm happening with the Democratic Party right now that is going to be one of the main reasons that Trump gets reelected. Now, again, Trump... Trump's re-election is going to be because of two main reasons. First, the failure of the Democratic Party, the Democratic National Committee, to produce a candidate that is actually worthy to go up against President Donald Trump. Many people are not enthusiastic about Biden, and Bernie Sanders' endorsement is not going to make up for that. Second, Donald Trump is running off some seriously good numbers, unemployment rates, and the economy in general before this pandemic, at least. Obviously, when this pandemic is over, he can still run off those numbers as the economy is projected to go up after this pandemic. So you've got those two factors that really any of the Democrats will have a hard time beating at this point. And that's something that's going to be really hard for Biden to, you know, to stay in and win the 2020 election, which is very unlikely at this point as as we're watching the Democratic Party fall apart. So the next big piece of news also has to be, also is about Biden. So there's been some talk about Joe Biden and his relationship with China as, you know, this this pandemic, the Wuhan flu, the China flu, the Chinese flu, all of those names are acceptable because Not only do they come from China, but China is widely responsible for this whole disease and mess that we have to face in the United States, the number one hardest hit country at this point. So there's been some talk about Biden and his relationship with China. So the Wall Street Journal reports Hunter Biden, a 49-year-old lawyer and a second son of the former vice president, owns 10% of a private equity firm called Bohai Arvest RST, Shanghai Equity Investment Fund Management Company. After the past, over the past roughly six years, it has channeled $2.5 billion or more on behalf of its financial backers in automotive, energy, mining, and technology technology deals, according to interviews with people familiar with the private equity firm and a review by the Wall Street Journal of financial fillings and other official business records. Hunter Biden is one of nine directors of the firm, known as BHR Partners, which is controlled and funded primarily by large Chinese government-owned shareholders. So now we in this episode, we, we've already talked about a lot about impeachment and Hunter Biden's relationship with Burisma. In this episode, we will not be talking about the logistics and legal work behind, you know, the fact that Hunter Biden is on this board overseas. And we will not talk about that. But let's do talk about how this will affect a Biden presidency, which at this point is most likely... 95% not going to happen as for reasons I just explained in that article that's going to be published to my website soon. But this is going to be a very interesting question that Biden supporters 
conservatives and liberals will have to ask about a Biden presidency. How will Biden respond to to outbreaks and pandemics from China, for example? Or how will Biden take control of the tariff situation? How, how will we, he treat China? And these are all serious questions to ask because his son happens to be in a firm that makes money and is from China. The firm is located in China. So the fact that um, it's a Chinese government-owned, um, you know, firm. So this raises serious questions about whether Biden would act in full faith or, you know, be nice to China. And being, being nice to China is not necessarily uh, the, the correct wording of that, but, you know, allowing China leanway when it comes to things such as the coronavirus or, you know, topics such as tariffs. And so these are all things that we're going to have to be thinking about in a Biden presidency. How will he respond if something happens with China? Will he stand up as a true leader? Or, as we've seen, as he, he ordered the firing of a prosecutor who is looking into Hunter Biden, all actions like that would that would seriously undermine the presidency and things that Biden could be doing. So after all these questions, it raises another question. Is Joe Biden ready to become president? Just in January and February, he was calling President Trump xenophobic for creating a travel ban to China. And now all of a sudden he's reversed what he said. We played a clip last time where all of a sudden he just reversed and said that he supported it all along. So you've got these mixed responses from Joe Biden, which brings up serious questions about whether he's ready to even be a presidential candidate. Obviously, he already is. And now he's a presidential nominee, which is not going to look good for many voters. The problem is you need a true leader, someone like Donald Trump, who is willing to stand up for what they believe in and actually take action. One of the big problems with many politicians is they say stuff and then they don't actually take action. And that's one of the main reasons many people love Trump at this point because he's honest about what he's doing. He he said things in the past that he is now enacting as president and making them a part of his presidency. So that's that goes back to trust. And if Joe Biden is consistently changing his views, that will not make a good leader. So attacking someone is is easy. You don't like President Donald Trump you attack him. You attack him for being xenophobic. But as soon as you realize that you need to take it back, as soon as you realize it's not convenient to say anymore and that there's a general consensus otherwise or opposite from what you said, that's when you decide to take it back. And that is not someone who is ready to lead the country. That's not leadership. That's politics. And what Trump is doing right now is leadership, not politics. So, Biden and Trump have opposite approaches, which is really going to shine in the general election when you watch those debates and you watch them debate and argue against who, who has the best public policy, who has the best domestic and foreign policy. And obviously that's going to be a big part of you know Trump's talking points against Biden because of how widely unprepared Joe Biden presidency would have been for the coronavirus. All right, so the last piece of news, this is a shorter episode that we will be getting into today, is again of the World Health Organization. So we've talked about the World Health Organization, we've talked about China in previous episodes. You can go ahead and listen to those, read the descriptions, figure out which episodes those are. Just even in the past two or three episodes, we talk 
a lot about the World Health Organization, but what the World Health Organization has been doing is pretty shameful at this point, taking China's word for face value, and that is something that really needs to be investigated. Many Democrats in the media are freaking out that Trump was even considering the World Health or delaying the World Health Organization funding now that he has exploding over the fact that he did it as we're in the middle of a pandemic. However, if this is the best the World Health Organization, WHO, can do during a pandemic to to take countries that frequently lie about their numbers and are still lying, as a Washington Post article exposed for face value and exposing that to the rest of the world, telling people, for example, in January that there's no evidence of human-to-human contact, where Taiwan specifically said that two weeks before, there's widely very sad and bad mistakes on the World Health Organization's part, and we should consider stopping funding or at least delaying it immediately, because if they can't provide, if they can't do the main purpose of the reason why they exist in a time where we actually need it, they don't need to be funded. They don't need to exist if that's really what's going to happen. So I'm not suggesting that they don't exist, but what I am suggesting is that funding needs to be delayed until the World Health Organization is investigated to figure out what actually happened and what it means for the agency going into the future. So the Washington Examiner said, quote, Trump has suggested that funding to the World Health Organization, which is an agency of the United Nations, should be cut because of its China-centric response to the virus. During an interview on Fox News on Monday, Haley said she supports Trump's rough response to the organization. Quote, I think the president's right to say we're going to withhold money until we get some accountability out of this. And you know, having worked with many of these UN agencies, they don't like being told what to do, but they always have had their hands out waiting for the money. She said, the former South Carolina governor added, and at the end of the day, this is our citizens, this is our citizens who deserve to know that they're getting a return on their investment. So these are some really good stuff that Nikki Haley had to say. Obviously, if you don't delay funding, if you keep funneling money to an organization, they're not going to change anything. And as Nikki Haley already pointed out, they don't like to be told what to do. They just want money. And if they're supremely messing up this pandemic to the point where it's become uh, such a huge issue around the world, and they're still receiving money from them around the world. What is? I would I would want someone to suggest that they would actually change, and that's something that we need to investigate. And as we block funding, as we take a second look at this, maybe the World Health Organization will reconsider. But as of right now, they're doing random stuff and then asking for the money. They don't like to be told what to do. And the United States better step in, as President Donald Trump has been doing putting the foot in the door and saying, hey, if you don't do this, if you act irresponsibly, you're not getting money. You cannot continue, you know, you cannot continue acting like the way you have been at this point. So the Daily Wire reports, Nikki Haley, the Trump, the Trump administration's former ambassador to the United Nations, blasted the UN-based World Health Organization for taking China's word about the potential dangers and transmissibility of the coronavirus. Taiwan told them December 31st, we have evidence of human-to-human transmission, Haley told Fox News on Monday, reported the Washington Examiner. 
Then they came out two weeks later and they said that there was none of the human, there was none of the human to human transmission. Quote, they didn't decide until the end of the month that maybe they needed to say that this could be a health emergency, said Haley. All while saying you don't need to stop trade, saying you don't need to stop travel, and criticizing the president when he, up front, decided to stop that travel. To address the problems at the World Health Organization, Haley has agreed with President Donald Trump's call to withhold money from for the agency until appropriate changes have been made and the health agency is able is held accountable for its actions. I think that there's serious reforms that need to be done here, and I think the president's right to say we're going to withhold money until we get some accountability, said Haley. Having worked with many of these UN agencies, they don't like being told what to do, but they always have their hand out waiting for the money. At the end of the day, our citizens deserve to know what they're getting a return on the investment, said the former UN ambassador. You had the World Health Organization wrongly get out there and put out information that protected China and did not give the information that told what Taiwan had. So obviously being China-centric for believing everything that China has to say, even though they have a long history of lying, even though they're a communist government, and then disregarding what other countries such as, or other, you know, places such as Taiwan have to say and the data that they are receiving at this point. So, um, the World Health Organization should be funded, and I agree with Nikki Haley and President Donald Trump. Unless something changes, you can't keep giving money. It's a big waste of money if you continually allow them to act irresponsibly while giving them money. And if this is how they're going to act during pandemics, then something either needs to change or we don't need to be giving them money anymore. So that's it for this episode of The James Wilson Show. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.